I have been, I even told someone this morning at our staff meeting, I wasn't really sure what we were going to do tonight, what I was going to teach. And I thought I had it figured out. In fact, I worked all afternoon. And then a little while ago, I felt like the Lord was showing me to go in a different direction. So Lord, help us. So I just want to, um, I just want to take a minute and uh, and just pray before we do anything, just to be sure I'm going in the right direction. Hallelujah, because He's always faithful. But I want to make sure, no matter it's His word, so regardless, it's it's the right thing. But I want to make sure it's the right thing for now. And so let's just pray for a moment and pray for ourselves, shake off the day and not be distracted by the events of the day or what we're facing. And so, Father, we just love you tonight. God, we thank you. Lord, we worship you. Father, we just look to you, God, tonight to be the source of our strength. God, we look to you tonight, Father, to be everything that we may stand in need of. Oh, God, we thank you that that God, you are more than enough. Lord, you are more than, God, even what we stand in need of tonight. So, Lord, we just exalt you, Lord, even as the worship song was saying, as we began, Lord, we just, worthy is the Lamb. Father, you are worthy. God, you're extraordinary. You are marvelous, oh God. You are full of grace and mercy and love. And God, we just praise you tonight. We honor you tonight for it. God, I just thank you that, Lord, we just shake off the the heaviness and the burdens, God, from the day and, God, the chaos of the week. And, God, we shake off the the, the things that would come to distract us and hinder us and keep us from even fully receiving, God, what you have for us tonight. And, God, I thank you that you will speak clearly and upon the direction, Lord, to go tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Minister, oh God, to our hearts and teach us, Father, your ways. Teach us, God, tonight your word. God, grow us and show us more of you. Grow us and show us more of you. God, help us to just be able to walk in, God, who you've called us to, to, to be, God. And not, God, I just pray that, Lord, I, I thank you that, Lord, I see us getting to a point where, Lord, we're just, we're sustaining. And we're not constantly striving to, to reach, God, the bar that we feel like we're never reaching. But, God, I thank you that you're going to grow us into a place, Lord, where we're able to be, be consistent and, and sustain us, Father, uh, uh, to a level of spiritual maturity. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, even those of us that are, a few of us that God are gathered tonight, Lord, that you would grow us up, strengthen us, help us, God, to be a people that, that would help to hold others up, but God, help to hold others accountable, Lord, and to be, to be spiritually strong spiritually discerning and the God that we would we would be a people that are that 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 would lead others and 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 
God, we would be a people that, that, that Lord, would, would, Lord, you would use and, and where you're taking us next. God, what, what you're about to do. The season that we're, we're, we're just now entering. God, that you would use us. So, Father, use what we, your word tonight to raise the level, to raise the bar, to take us higher, to take us further. I pray in the name of Jesus. Now release your anointing as your word comes forth to teach us and to grow us and to challenge us. As God only you can. God, we bless you and we thank you for it. We cover our church family. God, we cover the multitudes that aren't here. God, we, we cover those that have good reason. Lord, we cover Ramon and her family. God, we, we, we cover those that are, that are down sick. God, we, we cover those that their spouse is mad because they were trying to come to church and they can't. God, we just rebuke rebellious people and rebellious spirits. And God, we just rebuke uh, people that, 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 that just are in complete rebellion, God, to your word. And God, I just pray that there would be a surrendering a, 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 to you, a, to your word in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that, Lord, you would even... Mm. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. We give you glory and honor in your name. In your name. I was about to pray something, and the Holy Spirit said no. <laughs> I'm glad you listened. Yeah, it, 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 see, that's what it is. If we we will just listen to the Lord, you know, He will tell you when to be quiet. And it wasn't I was praying anything bad. It was no, just like just, He He said no because He has it covered. Yes, I know. Sometimes we just say things unnecessarily. Some sometimes I think more spiritual or whatnot, but. Now, I was planning on all day, and I told the staff this morning, I was even then unsure what I was going to do tonight. And I was leaning towards teaching on dealing with an evil report. By that, I mean people who come to you and I and whisper things or gossip, because I told them every time through 25 years of ministry that I've ever seen churches start on the right trajectory, the enemy will use certain things to cause the bottom to fall out of life, of church, of families, and <clears throat> I was heading that direction, and then the Lord took me somewhere else. Okay. So, I, and I've got tons of stuff on it, and it, so when I share it, it's going to be good, but I feel like it's for the wrong crowd. I think that's why the Lord started to turn me, uh, because we're not just going to deal with uh, I've done like a miniature teaching of this, I think, through, was it through discipleship class? I think. Or leadership class. One of them I did a, a summary on that. Some, the last, one, either it was the last discipleship class or the last leadership. When we were sitting in this year. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Um, and so I only got to give like a nugget of it. And it is, it is powerful. It is really good. But. One of the things I've always held myself true to, and I always tell others, is you teach where you want people to go. And you don't just always teach to address problems. And so we, we don't have like a gossiping problem. We, sometimes we get some wild childs with tongues. But uh, I, I want to yeah. teach where I believe you need to go. And and so I, I tried the last year when we were doing midweeks in the, in the summertime and before we had to say... 
or get this, uh, I was trying to teach on the kingdom of God, and it was so anointed and so powerful, and I never got to finish it, and the Lord was showing me some more stuff about the kingdom of God. So I want to teach you and I where I believe we need to go. And so bear with me, because some of my notes are not all... I, I have an entire binder on the kingdom of God, but I don't have it with me, um, because it was sort of flipped like that. So... Over the next, wow, we, we hear people talk about, we and we use the phrase kingdom of God, but the reason I want to cover this is because I want you and I to really understand our place. And when we, we'll get there in, in a little bit tonight, but I want you to understand when we talk about the kingdom of God, you and I are a part of it, and that means that you and I have certain rights and privileges Amen. as part of the kingdom of God. Just as we do as citizens of the United States, the reason people are flocking our southern border is because the minute that they come here, even if they come here illegally, once they finally become a citizen, they have rights and privileges. Now, we might disagree on how they come or why they come and all of that stuff, but that's all beside the point. I want us to realize that once we become a U.S. citizen, the reason why so many people want to come here is there's rights and privileges, that we have as American citizens. And that same thing is true as a member of the kingdom of God. A lot of churches focus on church membership. I, I don't do that. It's a part of our constitution, our bylaws. But I can't tell you the last time we... we I, this, is, this is my doctrine as far as... If you are attending, you are active, and you are giving, you're a member. Right? Yeah. I don't think a ceremony changes that. I don't. I, I just think it's, you know, we have a large church role in church track. I mean, we got hundreds yeah. of people in there uh, because they're either active giving or something to that matter. Because that membership doesn't get you anything. That's that's a way that religion uses to sort of control us. It, all of us have probably been in churches where if it was a voting church, you can't vote unless you're a member. Mm-hmm. And if you're not a member, you can't. And if you're not a member, you can't join this committee and you can't serve on the board. And so it's a means of control where the word of God says nothing about that. Nothing. Because most churches have a religious mindset and not a kingdom mindset. That's the difference. I'm not I'm not saying there's no power there. I'm not saying there's not good churches that do all that stuff. I'm not even against it. For some churches, it works for them to, to function that way. All I'm saying is that when we operate in that, and that is our only focus, it hinders us from having a kingdom mindset and realizing what is available to me. <clears throat> I don't want to get ahead of myself, but when I say to you, oh, you can't do that unless you're a church member, it immediately limits your ability. It limits your giftings, your anointings. It's basically saying, although God has called you and anointed you, you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, right. You're, you're, not, you're not qualified enough because, well, you're, you're not a member here. So because I can't control you, you can't sing. Yeah. Right? Because I can't, you know, where under the word of God, you and I need to, I, what I realize and what I've learned throughout the years, and this may mess with some of your theology, but I'll prove it in the word of God. Is that the things of God, the things that God makes available to us, do you know a non-believer can be healed? Amen. Amen. A non-believer can be delivered. And most of our churches, we're conditioned to think, nope, step one, accept Christ as your Savior. 
That's what I was taught. Right? Most of our churches start there. If you've never repented of your sins, come and meet Jesus. And then we want to teach them and teach them that they can get healed, delivered, set free. But Jesus didn't do that. And so our whole way of understanding, we need to start understanding that because we're members of the kingdom, there are rights and privileges that are available to us and, and have the ability to walk in that, including healing. Once you and I have the ability, this is where we, we struggle. Once we and I, you and I have the ability to understand, it is my right and my privilege to receive healing. You don't have to question whether he's going to heal you or not. You just know it. It's my right. So when I pray, this is the truth. Uh, there have been several health scares here lately. I've been missing a lot of office hours going for this test, going for this test, going for this test. And then they're like, oh, now we need to check your key count. Now we need to do this. And oh, now we need to do this. And all the while, I just, Lord, it is my right as a citizen of your kingdom. I'm literally laying there going through the, the scans while they light up my body and I'm just in there and you know they got the microphones that they are like are you okay I said yeah I'm just praying I, it is my right and my privilege and I receive my right now because I'm a citizen of the kingdom there's no question it, it's what you know what that does for me it satisfies satisfies my doubt right it tells the funds to shut up yeah, yeah it does in the same manner that when my daughter had something to tell me and she was scared to death because she said, I know you're a preacher and you're going to just, she said, I want to tell you this, but I'm afraid. I just don't want you to preach at me and I'm afraid you won't love me anymore. Before she ever told me, one, the Holy Spirit revealed it to me, but before she ever told me, before I ever left her utter the words to me, I said, it doesn't matter what you're about to tell me. You're my daughter no matter what and I will love you no matter what. Why? Because she's my kid. There's nothing she can do, no decisions she can make, as far as I see it, that will ever stop her from being my daughter, right? And so whatever is mine is hers. I, I didn't write her out of my will. There's much to get. But, I, but because I'm a citizen of the kingdom, by the time I die, there will be. Yeah. Now watch this. And so what she will receive, my love, inheritance, money, and that doesn't change based on what she did or what decisions she makes because she's my daughter. In the same manner, it is because I am a citizen of the kingdom. <clears throat> I need to understand I have rights and privileges that he has given me through his word that you and I need to be able to have that mentality. It's literally a shift in our mindset to realize it's mine as a citizen of the kingdom and walk in that. Walk in that. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. And, and confuse you. So, um, so, so, just bear with me. All right. Uh, I, I've used an example when teaching on the kingdom of God. This is just. All right. These are only some of my keys for just these two buildings. That's it. Right. It's not the school. It's not everything else. And yet sometimes it's difficult to find which key unlocks which door. I came over today when they were coming to fix the heaters and things again here, and I was trying to find the key to open the thermostats, and I could not, right? Because it's difficult sometimes to find the right key 
that unlocks the right door. Amen? It, it is. And so you can't figure out which, which unlocks it. I possess the key, but it's useless to me if I can't find which key unlocks which door. Right? All of those keys are useless unless I can figure out which key unlocks which door. Amen? That is just like it is for what I'll say church people or religious people. All right? Because in, in a lot of our backgrounds, I, by religious, I mean it's more about tradition, it's more about control than it is relationship, all right? Some traditions are great. Someone asked me uh, recently why we don't commun- do communion more often. I believe in communion. We do do it often. We did it last week. I have just found when you do it too often and too much that it means nothing to most people. And we probably don't do it enough, honestly, uh, as much as I'd like to. But, but often people do it and they just don't think twice. Right? And so religion is, uh, uh, is often something that's more about control. And so when I say religion, I'm talking about like our traditions, those sort of things that we use. Uh, re- religious people, we often have, have the keys in the word of God. All right? But having keys and knowing how to use them or knowing what they're for are two very different things. Mm. I can have all those keys. The, the rest of my keys to our other church properties I carry around in this little black bag that I keep my ibuprofen and stuff like that in. It looks like a purse, but it's really not. It's it's my med bag when I used to be on all those meds. And so I just got accustomed to almost having like this male purse. And so I have to take it everywhere because it's got my keys. It's got my checkbook in it. It's got, you know, uh, some pain meds and things like that. And, but yet all of those keys, they're useless, right? They're, they're useless to me unless I know what they're for, right? Or, or if I know how to use them. The same thing's true. The Lord said the same thing's true of us if we have scriptures, but not knowing how they work to unlock the riches in our life. I've just got to a point where I'm done watching people believing in the word of God. We show up every week and we worship God. We'll even shout about it, but we're not seeing those riches like unlocked in our life. And by riches, I don't mean wealth. Right. Somebody got mad because they think oh, I preach, I talk about giving too much. I, I never preach about giving. Right. But listen to me. Uh, but there are things that were promises us that I believe He wants to unlock. And so, but when I say riches, I'm, I'm talking about the abundant life of God, that superabundance. Right. Think about that. When, when He says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and to destroy, but I, Jesus, have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That word abundantly means superabundance, more than I ever have need of. That's the kind of, of riches. That's the kind of kingdom mentality I want you and I to begin to walk in. That we realize that's my right. Where God's saying what's mine is yours. You're a son and you're a daughter of mine. It's yours. Think about that. Right. We, we can look at the richest men in the world. We can look at, um, um, what's the Amazon guy? Amazon. Yeah, you know, he owns the Washington Post and all of that too. Uh Bezos, isn't that his name? Jeff Bezos, is that his name? I don't. Elon Musk. Yeah, that was right. Then there's uh, the former President Trump was a wealthy guy. All of these people, and we think, wow, wow, wow. Do you realize what God has for you and I? And not just wealth is more than that. Yes. More than that, that that the, the happiness, the 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 health, the wholeness. That when we talk about being a kingdom, God's saying, I have all of that already. All you have to do is receive it. As a citizen of the kingdom, think about that. And it's just, it requires you and I to have the faith to say, I'm a citizen of your kingdom. And even when we pray, Lord, I'm receiving what you said is rightfully mine. Because he said we're an inheritor. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. 
We're joint heirs with him. Right. right. And so that means whatever he has and whatever he says, it's mine. That's what it is to have a kingdom mentality. It, it means that we it will change the way that you and I pray. It will change what you start receiving in your life and, and how God can begin to bless you when you start having the mentality. It, 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 it's 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 a part of my uh, um, privilege of being a citizen of the kingdom. All right. Mm-hmm. And so. Having scriptures but not knowing how they work to unlock the riches in your life is just as bad as having a key that you don't know where it, what it goes to. Just as bad. Just like a, a person who does not read is no better than a, a person who cannot read. Right? A person who has the key but doesn't know how, uh, but, but, but doesn't know what it is is no better than often a person who doesn't possess a key at all. All right. And I really believe that a lot of religious leaders, sometimes even church leaders, we can be guilty uh, of that same problem. And Jesus said to them, he said, you know the scriptures, but you do not know the kingdom of God. Those are the words of Jesus. He said to church people, elders, deacons, priests, he said, you all know the scriptures, but you do not know the kingdom. Meaning there's a, there's a mentality, there's a level that God wants you and I to get to. I had a, a pastor friend call this afternoon and prophesy something to me, and I don't know that I'm, I, maybe I shouldn't say. But nonetheless, as we step into this, what he, what he saw in the spirit when he was praying for uh, me in the church today, uh, and he was sharing how it will revolutionize everything, hallelujah, it requires that we know the scriptures, all right. He, Jesus was saying to them when he says, you know, the scriptures, but you do not know the kingdom of God. He was saying that you have the keys, but you don't know what to do with them. I can hand all the keys I have over to just anybody in the church. But what good is it if they don't know where they're going to go? They're going to spend days and days and days trying to figure out what key unlocks which doors at the school and all of these other things. Right. I want to begin in in um, Luke chapter four. I think we'll, we'll, we're going to probably bounce around between Luke and Matthew tonight. But I want to begin right there in Luke 4. Luke 4, let's begin in verse 43. Actually, that's the only one I'm going to read at the moment. Does somebody have it? I just read it if you if someone finds it. But he said to them, I must preach the good news, the, the gospel. Of the kingdom of God to the other cities and towns also. For I was sent for this purpose. Ah, listen to that. He, he, he said, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also. Because for this purpose, I was sent. You know how many times I hear people preach and get it wrong? Notice the purpose of Jesus coming to the earth. Jesus didn't come for Calvary. He didn't come for Calvary. That's not what he said. He didn't say, I came to die on a cross. Now, we, we, there's more to it, so bear with me. There's more to it. He said, I didn't come for Calvary. I didn't come to be, be resurrected from the dead. That's not what he said. He, he didn't come to, to perform miracles. He didn't say that either. Those things are great. They're a, they're, they're, they're a, they're a, they come out of the reason he came, but they were not his goal. 
they were, uh, uh, let me think, uh, they, they were a means to an end, but they weren't the sole purpose. Notice what he said. He said, I came to preach the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. That's why I want to focus here. So his coming, the reason Jesus came was motivated by the kingdom being delivered to you. And I think this is the message we miss the most. And even elsewhere, and I believe I've taught this, that portion of it here, that, that he cannot come. Everyone keeps preaching, Jesus is coming. Jesus, yes, Jesus is coming. But the Bible says he cannot come till the message of the kingdom is preached to all the world. The message of the kingdom, not seven steps to get healed, not, not, not all these other things that we teach. He said the message of the kingdom. That's why he has come. And so he was motivated by the kingdom being delivered to every man. Luke chapter 12, verse 32. I'll read it real quick. Um, but Lois, jump over and just get ready. I want you to read Matthew 25, 34 in a minute. And... Then, uh, Renita, if you'll jump over to Revelation 5.10. I, I don't like to have everybody read, but um, these are the scriptures. That's okay. That's okay. Um, these are some scriptures we're going to look to here in a moment, and I'll just have each of you help me out a little bit. Let Matthew 25.34 in a moment. I'm going to first read for you, though, Luke 12.32, which just says, Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure... To give you the kingdom of God. Think about that. He said, do not fear. It is for your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom of God. He's saying it is, it is God's good pleasure to give you what's his. God wants to provide you and I what he knows, what he has, what he possesses. Think about that. That's why we cannot minimalize the gifts of the Spirit when people have words of wisdom and words of knowledge, tongues and interpretation. That is still him revealing and releasing his kingdom to you and I, in addition to everything else that we'll cover. It's his good pleasure, just as it is as a, as a father or a friend. When you and I enjoy buying something or giving someone a gift, God's saying everything that I am, everything that I possess, everything that I, I've said you can have, it's my good pleasure to give it to you. So think, God's not, God's not trying to be a father that says, uh, I'm taunting you with it. Let me give it to you this way. I'll get, probably get in trouble if this lands on the podcast. Because I, sometimes I'm too transparent about my family. And uh, recently I had said something uh, some months back and it came back. Someone watched it, went and told my family, and then I got blasted for it. Um, but when you live through hell, I just feel like, you know, I'm going to testify I came through it. Um, my, my grandfather uh, was a very wealthy man, and we grew up, all of his kids and us grandkids grew up, and anytime we would do something that he didn't care for, he didn't like, he would threaten us by saying, I'm going to write you out of the will. In other words, we always had to behave in a manner that would keep us in the will. He would threaten us with that. Now, I... I sort of got to a point in my life where I just, I don't care, whatever. And so the last time that he was abusive and cussing and verbally abusing, I stood up to him and I said, that's okay. I don't want your stupid money. You can keep your stupid money. I'm out of here, right? And I was like 16 and I quit. Never went back for many years. 
He said, that's all right, I'll write you out of the will. He sort of used that as a means to control, right? He used it as a means to make sure that we would always do what he wanted us to do. He used it in a way that he would manipulate us even and, and saying, well, if you'll do this, I'm going to do this. And if you'll do this, I'll do this. And promise does everything only for my grandma to first pass and then him to pass years later. And guess what? Everybody was shocked that nobody was left with what they were promised. Right. And so. I'm saying that that he was he used it as a means to manipulate and to control. But the, and we often know and experience that in life. Bosses will do it. Spouses will do it. Families will do it. But God's saying, hey, everything that I am, everything that I possess, everything that I, I, I said that you have access to, I give it to you with good pleasure. And it's hard for us and our minds to understand that kind of love, that, that, that kind of, uh, of goodness. Even when we sing that song, I will sing of the goodness of God. It can cause us to be emotional, but it's even really difficult for you and I to even understand that kind of goodness. Because even our own parents, although they love us, I, I don't deny that my father and my mother love me. They each demonstrate it in different ways. But because of our flesh nature, even myself, there are times my children, I just had this discussion last Tuesday night, my kids will call and say, Dad, can I borrow money? First of all, I've learned and I've preached it. Anyone who ever wants to borrow money, you're going to be asked why, what's the use, you know, all those things. And I've learned, to, to, you know, but my flesh nature immediately wants to either sometimes give it and then sometimes be like, oh, no. Dad's a little short this month. I ain't giving nothing to you. You need to get a J-O-B, right? You, you need to work some overtime, as all of us have done, right? And so our flesh nature will kick in sometimes, and we want to be either give them everything or give them nothing, right? But our heart is, I'll give you everything I have because you're my kid. Right? That, that's what our heart wants. You, you and I need to understand that's how God operates. He operates in a manner that, that our minds struggle to comprehend because we're so st so used to dealing with people that manipulate us, take advantage of us, lie to us, and God's saying, I'm none of that. Right. And he's saying, it's my good pleasure to give you the kingdom of God, to give you who I am and what I have. Hallelujah. Now, whoever had Matthew 25, 34, read that. Okay. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Mm -hmm. Now, the NIV reads it just slightly different. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, take your inheritance. It's the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Since the creation of the world. So I want you to understand something that, that uh, Lois just read. The kingdom was your inheritance since he created the world. Don't don't if you're an underliner or something in your Bible or whatever, you can under, even underline it. I do since since the, the kingdom was your inheritance since the creation of the world. This means watch this. This means that the kingdom existed before the earth. Before God ever said, let there be light. There was the kingdom. Before we ever created the moon and the stars, there was the kingdom. So the kingdom was given to you before the earth. That's why he made the earth. All right. 
the earth had to be created in order for you to carry out the assignment of the kingdom. We often get it backwards. Here we are trying to enjoy the earth, but all the earth was designed to do is to carry out the kingdom of God on the earth. All right. God wanted his kingdom to happen on a visible planet, basically. So he created. So he created. Children first in the spirit. Then he gives us responsibility. Right. Then he then he had to make territory for it. Right. And so we'll we'll expound on this as we go. So I don't want to confuse you. Uh, but the, but even the Bible lets us know the physical heavens and earth were created so God could carry out through even the, through even uh, um, His children His kingdom desires. Because the Bible teaches us that that the reason Jesus came, the reason Jesus came was to restore to us the inheritance that was already yours. So how long did the the kingdom belong to you? From the creation of the world. It's belonged to you. From the creation of the world. I I want you to understand something. Our our inheritance is not Calvary. Yes, it's important. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not preaching against Calvary. I'm not preaching against the cross. Don't misunderstand me. Yes, it's important. It, 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 it absolutely is. But our inheritance, my inheritance, what I'm receiving is not just Calvary. And it's not just the resurrection. Right? The cross, the blood, the resurrection, all that. It's, it's, it's part of the process or the means to get the good news, which is the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? I, I, I don't want to be misunderstood by what I'm saying. Does that make sense? Okay. Because I, by no means do I want it to sound like I'm minimalizing the cross or the resurrection. No, 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 no. It was the means to get you and I to be released into the kingdom of God. All right. Now, Revelation 5.10. Who has that one? I do. Okay. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Ah, reign on the earth. Okay. He's, he, I want you to understand the emphasis. That he didn't just put us here to, to sing on the earth, to look cute on the earth. He didn't just put us here to dance or to clap, but he put us here to reign on the earth. That's why there are times where when, when, when the elections get really heated and that every year and we're fixing to have a real doozy of a year this year. I, everyone gets so bent out of shape and I just am like, you know what, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that while everyone else is losing their minds that you placed us here, we are in control. Amen. You do realize it is it is it is the people of God, right? That we're who is is choosing. God is it gets, God puts us here to reign and to rule. I'm not going to lose my mind. God is going to ultimately have His will and His way, right? And so I understand that we're here to rule and to reign on the earth. That's what the Bible says. We're, we're not. I'm not here just to dance or sing. I'm not here to divide. I'm not here to cause problems. I'm here to reign on the earth. So our, our destiny is earth. But see, religious, watch this, religious people will often say that our destiny is heaven. This is going to mess with our our theology just a little bit, but I want you to see where I'm going. Even we have hymns and songs that that, that let us know that our destiny is heaven. He says, 
he has made us kings and priests to serve him. That we should reign on the earth. So my destiny is earth. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. My destiny is earth. That, that's what my assignment is. So, uh, my destiny is earth. But re- religion often says that my destiny is heaven. No, no, our ultimate destiny is still earth because that was my original assignment. Because he said in the word of God, he said, let man. Did he not, did he not say, let man have dominion over the fish, the birds, the cattle, and over all the earth? Right. That was my assignment. So my destiny is the earth, all right? So that's why the Bible then goes on to say in Genesis, so God created man in his own image and blessed man and said, have dominion over the earth. It's my destiny. So if it is my destiny, it's important for you and I to then understand there are things then, if he put me to reign and to rule, then I have to be able to be in a position to receive what he says is mine to be successful in reigning. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I don't, you're looking at me kind of funny, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to confuse nobody. Like and because we're a small group, I can take it slow and be like making sure we're, we're catching this because I don't want you to think I've lost my mind yeah. at all or preaching some kind of heresy. I'm letting you know that, that God says it is my good pleasure to give the kingdom of God to you. So your assignment is earth. God does not want you and I to, to be released into a job, or released into this anointing, and then not have the tools to do it. He's saying, I want you to understand that, that I'm here to give you the kingdom of God. I want you to be successful in it. All you need to do is receive what I say you can have to be successful in it. Why do you think the Bible says that you and I should lack no good thing? Why do we see so much lack? I believe we have that lack because we, we lack the ability to receive the kingdom. We lack the ability to understand that he loves me enough to give me whatever he has. Now, most of the time, we simplify that, what I just said, to meaning money. Money is nice, but God is so much more than money. Yes, yes, yes. We're talking about wholeness, nothing missing, lacking, or broken. Joy, peace. I, you know how many years it's been since I've actually had a sleepless night worrying about something? Because he's placed me here to reign, to rule, right? And so I realize as long as I'm operating, as long as I'm doing exactly what he's called me to do, it's all going to be okay. When I wake up tomorrow, I know I can go to bed realizing God has me. God has this. I'm not going to freak out. I'm not going to worry about it. God has me because he said it's his good pleasure to give me the kingdom. So all I'm going to do every day I get up is watch him reveal the kingdom and release the kingdom of God in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So. God's desire is to get us to rule and reign on the earth. Think about that. God's desire is to get you and I to rule and reign on the earth. Luke 16, 16. Did I give that to anybody? Okay, I'll read it. Luke 16, 16. It says, the law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, or since John, the kingdom of God has been preached 
and everyone is pressing into it. And everyone is pressing into it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm go, I want to get to the good stuff, but I have to show you this scripture. That I, I really want to help provide a good pathway or foundation to where I want to get to. Um, that's why I'm, I'm using this Luke 16, 16. Let me read it again. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, or meaning since John, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. It's, it's saying up to John, the kingdom wasn't the emphasis. But after John, the kingdom is the focus of God. All right. It's the focus of God. John is the most important prophet in the Bible. All right. And Jesus said, because Jesus said, there is no greater prophet born of man. So every prophet before John spoke of the coming of the Messiah. All right. Mm -hmm. But John talked about him coming and then John introduced him. All right. John was the greatest prophet in the sense that he was the most privileged. All right. Now watch this. He, he goes on to say that when the kingdom is preached, many will force their way into it. That's what he said in John 16, 16. He said that everyone will press into it. Hmm. So he says many will force their way into it. In other words, people want it when they understand it. Okay. In other words, you and I, as I try to lay out the kingdom of God and our ability to walk in it and receive the kingdom of God, really receive everything that God says to us, we want it when we understand it. You, 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 it's so probably something that many of us have never really heard people preach on, but we want the kingdom of God when we understand it. I think most people don't ever try to understand it, and we end up being shallow and constantly trying to to reach and receive things that God says we can have instead of just walking in it. it when, you, when I was praying earlier, before we started, I, I talked about how God would just sustain us to a level where we're just walking in who we are, right? Millionaires, billionaires, wealthy people, healthy people walk in a certain confidence, right? But when you and I are burdened, sick, broke, busted, and disgusted, you're not walking with much confidence, Right? God wants you and I to have such revelation of the kingdom of God that it doesn't matter if we walk into the face of, of demonic activity or I'm faced with a room full of sick people that we're walking in the confidence and such revelation of the kingdom of God that we know that it's available and it can be received, right? I, I sort of have this mentality that, that I am such a citizen of the kingdom that whatever situation I find myself in and whatever I stand in need of, it'll be there when I need it. Right? Okay. Whenever I need it. Um, I gave the testimony years ago when I prayed for the girl, little girl in Walmart, and she was healed. And I got the testimony of it. They watched me on TV, and that little girl was so excited because her mom watches us on TV all the time and so excited to meet me. And to me, it was just like it was just some kid meeting me. Until the Holy Spirit really revealed to me, like, you know, she looks at you like, you know, you're some kind of celebrity because she sees you on your TV, even though you're in her own hometown, right? 
And God helped me to realize in that moment, I was just sort of praying like I normally, oh, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you, by your stripes, we are healed, right? And the Lord had shown me revelation that his kingdom is available. So I interrupted the prayer, and I remember looking at the, that little girl, and I said, do you believe that the God that you hear me preach about can heal you now? And when she said yes, the kingdom was available to her. <coughs> All right. Everything that God says that he is, everything that he says in his word is available to you when we need it, whether it's a healing, a miracle, finances, whatever. That's why the way, even the Bible says that he, he, he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. It's for you and I trying to have an understanding of the vastness of him and what is available to us. Right. So it's whatever I need when I need it. Right. That I'll have access to it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I don't, I don't want to get. I don't want to get um, ahead of myself. Um, in, in Matthew 9, uh, I'm not going to turn there, but in Matthew 9, I'll just summarize it. Jesus said to the multitudes, the harvest is ripe and plentiful. Mm-hmm. Now, we've been hearing and we've read in the word and we've heard preached since I was a kid. The harvest is ripe and plentiful. Right. I mean, we've been... Uh, Preachers are preaching that the harvest is ripe and plentiful, right? By now, you would think that the harvest would be rotten. <laughs> We've been hearing it so long. I mean, I'm only in my mid-40s, but I've been hearing it since as long as I can remember, since I was eight years old and got saved. Because if you don't pick apples in time, right, they fall and they start rotting. Worms get inside and they decay. Right. The things that, that taste so good, they begin to stink. After a period of time, right? Because the harvest was so ripe, but you didn't pick it, right? But Jesus said to the multitudes in Matthew 9, 13, he said, they are like sheep without a shepherd. He then turns to the disciples and says, the harvest is plentiful. Now watch this. The verse ends and it says, therefore, don't go to the harvest. What? I get so frustrated. I don't claim to be a, a major scholar, but I get really frustrated when I hear people mispreach the word of God and mispreach this specifically. In Matthew 9, after he says they are like sheep without a shepherd, he turns to the disciples and then says the harvest is plentiful. And then he moves on in the verse and he says, therefore, don't go to the harvest. He said it's ripe and plentiful. He said, but don't go to the harvest. No, instead, he, Jesus says, go to the Lord. Of the harvest, which means the owner, and ask him to send laborers to reap his harvest. Now watch this. There's two things about this that I want uh, uh, to make clear. That he is the Lord of the harvest. He owns it. All right. He owns it. And number two, when it says his harvest. All right. His harvest, it it means he claims it, in which means every unsaved person on this planet, every atheist, Hindu, Mormon, whatever, God has already ripened them. That's what his word says. God has already ripened them. So God said the harvest is ripe. He's not trying right now to ripen them for you. They're already ready for picking. But the problem, he says in the text, is there's no laborers. 
In other words, the quality of people to reach them is very rare. Now, I took a little rabbit trail for a specific purpose. If we look back at Luke 16, 16, when he says those who understand the kingdom will force their way into it. That's what he said. People want it when they understand it. Which means if they're not running after something that you and I have, then what we have isn't what God told us to get. Listen to what I just said. If what if if people are not running after something that we have, then what we have isn't what God told us to get. Because look what Jesus said. He said, he said, since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. In other words, when you and I start preaching the kingdom of God and when we have an understanding of the kingdom of God. And we're walking in that and we're living in that and we're. Speaking that out, others will press into it. But if if people aren't pressing into what we're we're throwing out, it's not what God told us to get. In other words, this was Jesus saying, don't put your focus when you preach on anything but the kingdom. Everyone keeps saying how we've seen we're seeing a great falling away above, above the church. And yeah, we see church numbers have dwindled significantly, not just here, all over the place. Jesus said, yep, because you're not preaching the kingdom. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know about you, but even when I start preaching about the kingdom of God, like even there's an excitement about me because I know if you can get a hold of this, it will change your life. It will it will awaken you and you will be able to receive things you thought you weren't worthy to receive. You will be able to walk in such a manner in your life that you you it, it will just revolutionize you. And so it excites me. It, 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 we were talking just before service about that song that was playing in House Anointed. There's an anointing that God releases when you start preaching about his kingdom. And that's what I can sense is his anointing. Because every time you start talking about it, you know, people, this word should excite you because it answers. It should excite you because I believe it answers man's number one question or one of our number one questions. What our number one problem is. We often think, what, if I was to ask you, what is your number one problem? And if we could just. Everyone would have something different. Somebody in here would say, my number one problem is, is I don't have enough money. I don't have enough food. Or I don't have um, good enough health. Or I don't have unity in my family. Or Lois would say, oh, it's David. <laughs> right? All of us would have some variation. But if you simplify that, what you're really saying, and what our real number one problem is, is you don't control the circumstance. So man's, watch this, this is still about the kingdom of God. So man's number one problem is, is he doesn't control the circumstances of life. Right? There's nothing worse than getting a bad doctor's report. There's nothing worse than trying to buy something and you get denied because of your credit, right? You, or, or applying for a job that you don't get. 
I'm telling you, there's nothing, I, I don't miss those days at all. There's nothing more humiliating when you know you are more than qualified for a job and then they tell you no. Like, I should have your job. What are you talking about? Like, you're sitting here interviewing me. I should be interviewing you. And I should be interviewing your boss, right? And then they try to tell you no. It's humiliating. Or you get denied a credit or something. That, that sort of sinking feeling in life when you cannot control a circumstance. But the kingdom, watch where I'm going. But the kingdom gives you and I power over circumstances. That's where we're getting to with, the, with the, the promise of his word. The kingdom, our number one problem is we can't control circumstances. Some of us lose sleep and have anxiety. I used to have anxiety attacks and had to take Effexor for years. And then I was on uh, Prozac and then I had to have Valium. I'm not kidding you. All while trying to preach the gospel. And it was not until people always say, well, what was your revelation? I'll never forget the day when Dr. Bristenowitz said to me, she says, whatever you're doing, we've got to wean you off of this medicine. You don't need it. I said, no joke. She said, whatever you're doing is working. Do you know how I got off? I was taking um, roxycodone, 30 milligrams. Now, if you don't know anything about narcotics, that is the highest form of narcotic you can get. There's nothing stronger than a roxycodone. Nothing. It's more stronger than a Vicodin and a Percocet. I was taking 30 milligrams of those four to six times a day for pain. And that wasn't all that many years ago. No, it wasn't. 2017, I quit. And when I quit, I thought, Lord, I don't know how I'm ever going to do this. You know how I did it? The revelation of the kingdom. It doesn't mean I don't have pain, but the pain that I have is manageable and tolerable. Why? Because of the, my revelation of the kingdom of God. I cannot control the source of my pain. I'm not a back surgeon. I cannot control even the source of some of my problems. When my daughter calls and has need, or when, when, when things are going on in my children's life, there are things that I want to be able to put my hands on and control, right? There are sometimes people and things in the church I want to not just lay hands on, I mean, I want to lay hands. <laughs> but you know how I control circumstances? Through the power of the kingdom. And I don't control them based on what I want. I control them based on what he says I can have. Listen to what I just said. It's not about me controlling them based on what I want. I, I, watch this. Oh, Lord. My, my grandson, Warren, should not be walking. I testified of it Sunday. Should not be excelling at the level in which he is. But my prayer has been, since the day I laid hands on him and prayed for him, and since then, when I pray, I pray only... What God says in his word, I can have. And I remind God of his word. Lord, I am a citizen of the kingdom and I am asking you for your healing. I'm an inheritor and a citizen of your kingdom. I receive healing into Warren's body now. I speak strength to his muscles. I, I declare his bones and his muscles and his ligaments. His tissues will grow normal. I rebuke the report of the doctor and I speak the power of your kingdom manifest in his life. Why? Remember, he has put me here to reign on the earth. When I do that, I'm operating in my rightful authority. In other words, I'm saying I'm not surrendering to the report of the doctor who is not here to reign. Do you know how many times we, how many times have you and I, Scott's probably done it, I've done it, where you walk out of a doctor's office and you feel defeated. 
Yeah. Now you are controlled by their report. And now there's their stupid phones. I get alert every time I got a new um, test result. <laughs> it's like a dark cloud. I had to delete it. I had to delete the app because I, I, I was tired of seeing everything that's wrong. And it was like doom and gloom. And the Lord had to, had to remind me, you are here to reign and rule. So reign and rule. Speak to those things through the power of the kingdom. What does the Bible say? Call those things that are not as though they were. Why? Because I'm a citizen of the kingdom. You are not a job. When I see disunity in our nation, my job is not to be part of the disunity and post stuff that's going to make half my friends mad. I'm here to reign and rule. So I'm here to speak and do things that would bring unity. All right. And I do that through the power of the kingdom of God. The same thing is true in, in my health. The same thing is true in finances, right? All of those things. So I, I'm going somewhere. Oh, God, what time? I only have a little bit. This is too good. Uh, and I'm not good as far as I want. But um, our number one problem, I said, is we, we cannot control circumstances, all right? We cannot control circumstances. People often pursue religion. Because religion promises power over circumstances, all right? Mm -hmm. It often <coughs> promises power over circumstance. But the most helpless circumstance we have in life is death. The most helpless circumstance we have in life is death. Mm -hmm. We can't stop it. Mm -hmm. right. Now, all religions, watch this, all religions try to offer something that you can overcome death. All of them do. Which, but the kingdom of God, only the kingdom of God, gives you power over circumstances in this life. Only the kingdom of God does. That, where I'm going to lead into this, so I'll um, substantiate everything I'm telling you. We're going to utilize the word of God. So only the kingdom of God gives us power over circumstances in this life, but it also in the life after death. And Jesus Christ, now watch this. Jesus Christ is the only one that proved that it can be done. All the other religions out there, people worship. Jesus Christ is the only one that proved that you can have power over circumstances in this life and in life after death. What do I mean? Buddha never came back. Muhammad never came back. Hindus, think about it. Hindus have over 600 million gods. <laughs> they have over 600 million gods, but none of them ever came back from the dead. Christ showed up, and Christ showed that we can overcome poverty. He showed that we can overcome lack. He showed that we can overcome disease, and that we can overcome demons. He showed that we can overcome uh, authority over death, right? The kingdom... The kingdom of God promises us authority and victory over circumstances. All right? Because he, what, he, what he's speaking to you and I about when he's speaking about the kingdom of God is he, it has to do with dominion. Okay. And remember what he said in Genesis, that we were placed here to, 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 to what? To rule. To have dominion. To when he speaks about the kingdom of God, the revelation you and I need to, need to understand about the kingdom is he's saying, I have everything that's going to allow you to have power over your circumstances. 
We sing a lot about victory. We sing a lot about, you know, overcoming. I think when you put together our messages, I remember you said how I have so many messages about overcoming. Because people are always struggling to overcome. You want to know how that if we with I could simplify that entire big fat binder I have on all the sermons about overcoming and having victory, if people could just and would be willing to understand the kingdom of God. That's what he's saying. It's my good pleasure to give you the kingdom of God, which is the power to change your circumstance. That's pretty simplistic. He said, if I give you, when you receive the kingdom, you have the power to change your circumstances. Now, we we don't understand the message of the kingdom. I'm not going to get real far, but I need to at least be able to give you some revelation about what I mean by this. All right. Are we all still? Are you all still with me? Yeah. Because I I try on midweeks to to wrap at 7:30 because I feel like a night, especially when I, there's no music. 90 minutes of teaching is a lot, and then you get you home before it's like real late. Especially she travels the furthest, I think. All right, watch this. There's 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 some things we don't understand about the message of the kingdom. That a, a kingdom, and and in our Western society, we really don't understand kingdom because we don't come from that kind of background. I don't know about you, but every time the queen dies, there's a marriage. Yeah. The most views around the world come from the United States. We're so fascinated by it, and yet so much of it is so closely related to the message of the kingdom, yeah. and yet we struggle to get it. As much as we may even understand about the monarch and all of that, just watch this, all right? We don't understand the message of the kingdom. The kingdom always includes a king, all right? All right, number one, there, there's always a king. The next thing is that a kingdom is a territory or domain of influence and has rules. This is going to help you understand what God says is yours and how you get it. Would you say that again? The, it, you know what's amazing is the prophetic word I got earlier. I'll just tell you because it's just a few of us and it's not like we're live on Facebook tonight. I'm hesitant sometimes and I have to measure my words because people take things online and blow them out of proportion yeah. often. Mm-hmm. The uh, pastor called and said, I just wanted to pray over you. He said, I really had you heavy in my heart. I said, I, the Lord really showed me you've been going through a difficult, really challenging season. You feel like you're taking on water. He said, but the Lord has released an anointing. He said, get ready for this. Now watch this. I, and I was like, get out of here. And then I get off the phone and the Lord starts telling me, no, preach the kingdom, preach the kingdom, preach the kingdom. And now I understand more why. He said that, that he said that you're flowing in an anointing. He said that same anointing. And while he called, no less, that worship music we were playing before was on. And he heard it. And the man of God, he said to me, he said, you know what that, he said, what I hear in the background goes right in line with what the Lord showed me. He said, you are walking in a fresh anointing. And the fresh anointing, he said, it's familiar to... He said, in the same manner that he said, we used to watch Benny Hinn flow and miracle after miracle, miracle. He said, watch. He said, there's going to be sudden and advanced miracles happening wherever you go. Oh, praise God. And I just thought, okay. And at first I was just like, whatever. Like he's blowing smoke. He just wants to come and preach. Like no joke. In my, my mind, I just thought, you've been trying to come preach for a while. And get off. He said, and I hear your worship music in the background. He said, it's confirming what the word gave the Lord, why he told me to call you. He said, you need to be used and be ready to flow. Mm. 
Okay. Uh, then I got off the phone and I started looking over my notes for how to deal with an evil report. And I was like, no, preach the kingdom. And here's why. It, he said, here's why, because a kingdom has territory or domain of influence and has rules. There's rules to operate within. The Lord's saying, if you and I can grasp the, the this revelation of the kingdom of God, that you'll be able to receive what he said you can have that you've been waiting on. Hmm. That That's all connected to his word. But we can only receive that and walk. Does that make, am I making sense, Cynthia? Yes. We can only receive it and, and walk in it. I can only receive that word if I'm saying, okay, I'm walking in the kingdom. Adam, you're not doing it in your strength. Don't get a big head. Don't think it's you. Don't think it's your cute little church. Don't think it's because you're on TV. Don't think because you have record number Google message today and said over 60,000 people looked us up so far this year. 60,000 people. And my, my instant natural thought was, well, I sure don't look at the finances. Well, I sure don't look at in the ten, attendance. Right? Because I'm sarcastic like that. Right? Yeah, I would think the same thing. The only way you receive it is through a revelation of the kingdom. We're not receiving it because Google says. Right. You have to have a revelation of the kingdom. So a kingdom has a a territory, domain, influence of rules. The next thing is a kingdom also must have citizens. The, when I say the kingdom, that, that's the reason I started the way I did. When I say kingdom, we've also often misunderstood the kingdom and we've turned the kingdom of God into religion. Jesus hated religion. Yes, he did. The number, the number one op- opposition against Jesus was from religious leaders. Yes. All right. That's what we do is not about religion. What we do is not about our tradition. God, he hates those things. He hates those things because we fall more in love with those things and our traditions and being a member of something. And he never said be a member of a church. He said be a member of a citizen of the kingdom. Right. All right. So keep your church membership. A, a, a church I was a member of way years ago sent me a letter because they were closing and, and releasing me of their church I don't need you to release my membership. You can keep my membership and keep my name on the roll. I don't care about that. I'm a citizen of the kingdom, right? I, I, I ain't going to come back and try to vote and do anything like that. Like, keep your membership. Hallelujah. And the reason that people often try to take the kingdom of God and make it religion is religion reduces citizens of to members. Listen to what I just said. Religion reduces citizens to members of religious organizations. These are churches that teach you about membership is more important than being a citizen of the kingdom. If I'm a member of your organization, I don't have as many rights and privileges as I do as a citizen of the kingdom. Oh, that makes me excited. I, I, I hope I'm hoping this to make sense to you. Because if you can get a hold of this... I let me since I'm not live I can say I can be a member of Asbury United Methodist Church beautiful church downtown if you haven't been inside my god it's beautiful yeah it is I'm not a member I could be being a member there will let me vote become a deacon an elder and even fill in as a layman Mm -hmm. if I'm not a member I can't do anything they'll still take my money I can attend services but I can't vote on who the next preacher is I can't vote to give him a raise that's the extent of my membership. But as a citizen of the kingdom, 
everything, everything in here, I have access to. Everything that Jesus says I, I can have is mine. The abundant life of God. Not just salvation. Not just the ticket to heaven. Let's not deduce or reduce why we come to church is just to get to heaven. I, I, I'm not here just to get to heaven. That is, that is an extension of it. My destiny we've already established is on earth. So God's saying while you're on earth, Adam, if you'll receive your citizenship of the kingdom, you might as well enjoy. God is not wanting you and I to suffer and be in lack and do without and go without joy and go without having people in our life that we can enjoy life. Right. That goes back to the, the, the word I preached about the weeds right. and the seeds. Yeah. The enemy will send things in to crowd out what God has given us to reduce our harvest. But if I have a revelation of the kingdom, I understand that nothing the enemy does is going to keep me from being wheat. So therefore, I'm not worried about what my enemies say. I'm not worried about the people who don't like me. I'm a citizen of the kingdom. So you cannot like me, but I'm going to be rich anyway. You cannot yeah. like me, but I'm going to be healthy anyway. Yeah. You cannot like me. You can trash me on Facebook, but I'm going to sleep tonight and I'm going to yes. sleep like a baby because right. you don't matter. I'm a citizen of the kingdom. All you are is a citizen of Pennsylvania. Right. Right. You don't have what I have. Right. They don't have access to. Now, I want them to sometimes when I when I'm feeling generous and not operating in the flesh. Right. The heart of God comes out of me. And I'm just being honest, y'all. The heart of God comes out of me. And yeah, of course, we want that for all. But as a citizen, you need to understand all of these things that we have access to. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So religion reduces citizens to members of religious organization. A kingdom does not have members. All right. Okay. If you're a member of a church, that you know that church can vote you out. Yeah. 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 they've done it to me. <laughs> Years ago, I was employed, and they'd vote you in, and they'd vote you out. As soon as they got mad at you, they'd vote you out and cut your pay. Right. Oh. Same thing is true if you held a church membership and an elder didn't like what they thought you wore or whatever. I'll never forget that we were, I was a child and my dad was the pastor. Thankfully, I wasn't because I had handled it differently. And this church believed that the women needed to have a head covering when they took communion and feet washing. And my mom refused to do it because she didn't believe it was biblical. Do you know a deacon, they called her a deaconess, come over in that church and took the bonnet and put it on my mom's head and said, you will wear it. Um, you want to know what I did that? No, I won't tell you what I did. In other words, you will operate within the, the 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 laws of our organization, and because you don't want to, after the fact, because you don't want to, we're going to vote you out as a member of our church because you wouldn't wear a, a bonnet, and it was just a little white. Goofy thing. That's what the Church of the Brethren would do. I'm, gonna take I'm telling you, I was a young thing, and I thought you all are crazy. <laughs> if you think God cares at all, whether these women—I mean, here there were women sitting around the table with mini skirts on, dressed like hoochie mamas, and you're worried about them putting a bonnet on. <laughs> and so they voted us out as members, and of course we got fired and moved on to the next church because they didn't agree with us. But when you're a citizen of the kingdom, they can't vote you out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When I become a citizen, I'm a, I'm a lifetime member. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That needs, I want you to get a hold of that. 
A kingdom does not have members. Church religious groups have members. Clubs, Lions Club, you're a member of. Yeah. Ladies Auxiliary, you're a member of, right? Yeah. But they can cancel that membership. We, we don't experience the reality of the kingdom life because we are, are, are religious members. Yeah. I don't want you to think about you coming to church as a member. You are a citizen. Yeah. I don't even want you to think of yourself as a member of Fresh Fire. You are, and you have rights and privileges. You get to come here, and you get a say-so, and when we buy property, or we do anything extraordinary, you get to say, and people say, now, preacher, I think you're being a little crazy, right? And you get that, that opportunity as a, as, as a member is attending here. But as a citizen, who cares if I say no? Point is, sometimes people ask, can I do this? And sometimes the answer has to be no. So if I say no, the reality is, is everything his word says you have access to. So your membership might have said no, but your citizenship is saying yes. Yes. I have a friend who she goes to a church that she doesn't even agree with. And while she goes there, it's an apostolic denomination, so they believe in certain things that she doesn't believe in. Like she has to wear her skirt, and she can't cut her hair, and all this, and she keeps going. Well, the preacher won't let her sing, and the preacher won't let her do anything because she's not allowed on the platform with jeans or because she cuts her hair or any of her jewelry. Crazy, but it's true. And so she keeps going, and I finally said, what are you, why do you go, well, it's what I'm used to. It's what I was brought up in. I said, so you were brought up in it. You know that it's not scriptural, yet you continue to follow it. And because you won't follow their membership rules, you're not allowed to do anything. But you understand as a citizen, God has anointed you and appointed you. You have things inside of you that he wants you to give out and provide to the body of Christ. And yet you continue to attend to a place that is limiting you as a, as a citizen because of your membership. Do you understand what I just said? In other words, you're gifted, you're anointed. In other words, you're a doctor, but we're not going to acknowledge it because, well, we don't like the way you open people up for surgery. What? That's crazy. That's crazy. Hallelujah. So the point is, the point of this teaching is I want to be able to help to transform you from being a religious Christian to a kingdom citizen. That it's not about religion. It's not about being a member. It's about being a kingdom citizen. Because if you if, if you do that, you will have the responsibility to take, to take charge of circumstances. Okay. Listen to that, what I just said. If you do that, moving from a religious Christian to a kingdom citizen... That is what enables you to have the responsibility to take charge of circumstances. When there's an area of lack, when there's an area of need, when someone or something is rising against you, you have the ability to take charge and change circumstances. What do I mean by that? I can only introduce this and then we'll have to stop. The difference, I want to lay out the difference between a citizen and a religious person. A citizen has a legal element. If you're a citizen, you have a legal right. You're a citizen of the United States, you have rights. That's why they read you your Miranda rights if you ever get in trouble. They'll come up behind me and say, Adam, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will. They're acknowledging I have rights. And when they can cuff me and stuff me, but I don't have to say anything. I can stand before the judge and I don't have to answer your questions because I can plead the fifth. Why? Because I have rights. But if you're not a citizen... You don't get those rights. 
That is the same thing is true about the kingdom of God. Oftentimes when we're more focused on our religion, we're more emotional. That's why if we're not careful, we'll get offended. God, I don't want to go there. We can get offended more easily if we're more religious than we are focusing on kingdom. All right. Because at the end of the day, if I am really a citizen of the kingdom, I am able to manage circumstances that are beyond my control as a citizen. I just go to God and say, hey, God, she had just offended me by what she said. But, Lord, I thank you right now. I know who I am and whose I am. And I thank you I don't receive that into my life. And I decree and declare. Well, before I know, they're going to come repenting to me because I'm a citizen of the kingdom. I reminded God who I am. And God's going to deal with them. Right. I'm not going to go in the corner and cry about it. As most of the time, most churches have problems with this kind of stuff because we don't have a kingdom mentality. Some of us have struggled with that. I, most of what you do as a pastor is you put out fires. Yeah. I'm a firefighter, constantly putting out a fire. Somebody stirred up something. And the reason is is because most church people don't have the revelation. They don't know who they are. And so if I don't know who I am, what you said to me or what you did to me, it can offend me. It can hurt me. My job is to help you understand the kingdom so you will rise above emotions. Right? That you can have an understanding of the kingdom that whatever David says to you ain't going to hurt your feelings no more. All the haters online, I just block them. It's, you, know, all, I, I, you just block them. Yeah. They don't matter to me all right? because I understand what the word of God says about me. It doesn't matter what they say. All right? It doesn't matter what your family says about you. It doesn't matter if church people you worship with. There are people you and I will worship with in this church. They will never have a kingdom mentality. You just right. got to... You're a citizen. Deal with it. Move on. All right. And, and not let it bother you. There's a legal difference. Religious people try to appease their God. All right. They try to appease their God. They take offerings and such to appease him. Same way Hinduism, Buddhism and such. They offer food and goods and fruits and money and all kinds of things. They offer stuff to God so they won't get angry. So he won't get angry with them or to protect them. In other words, they have a mentality, if I do this, you'll do this for me. But watch this, and we'll close with this. In a kingdom, you don't appease the government. If you're a citizen, there is not appeasement. Once you're a citizen, you have rights, and you as a citizen can make demands. When we see something we don't like, that's why we protest. When we look like, when it looks like the government's taking on too much control, it looks like the Supreme Court's getting a little, you know, heavy. We protest, right? Because we have rights, and our Constitution says we can, right? When we have rights and we have privileges, that's why we vote people in, and we vote if we don't like what you did, we're going to vote you out. We're firing you, right? As your citizen, you have rights and you can make demands. A government is is there not to be served. Watch this now. This is going. This might freak you out. A government is is there not to be served, but to serve the citizens. Right. Yeah. That's why. This is what you need to understand. Yes, we come to worship God, but here's the revelation. Jesus said, "Come unto, come on." Un- I'm getting all twisted because I, there's so much in me. I, I just wish I didn't have to quit. Watch this. Jesus said, come unto you heavy laden and I will give you rest. Cast your cares on me. We are so used 
to for the government working. We're so used for it being the other way around. But watch this. Jesus said, come unto you, you heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Cast your cares on me. In other words, Jesus was saying, hey, it's reversed. Jesus was saying, in this kingdom, the government works for you. Right. We are so used to our government not working for us. They work, but let me tell you, they don't work for us. The revelation of the kingdom is Jesus saying, let me work for you. Do you know how much I get really frustrated sometimes when I'm in prayer time and prayer with a lot of religious people because they're always praying and they're doing the work. We need to pray. But if we get the revelation of the kingdom, my prayers are simplified and I'm spending... I'm praying often, but very little. Let me, let me help make you understand. He says pray without ceasing. Pray continually. Yes. doesn't mean long-winded. Right. I don't have to pray long to be spiritual. I have to pray often. Right. What am I praying when I pray often? My legal rights. Okay. When I go to court, I operate within my rights and privileges. Right? You you stay within your rights and privileges. When I go to God and I pray, that's why he says, ask anything of me and you will be yours. Ask anything what? Ask anything within your rights and privileges. Okay. He says, come to me and ask whatever is within your rights and privileges. You, you know, the Bible is our constitution. Right. Yeah. It's our constitution. So everything he says in this it, this is his constitution with us. He's saying, whatever you ask, it's yours. You just have to receive it. Jesus was saying, when he says, when you come to me, all you heavy laden, and I will give you rest, cast your cares on me. God says, tell me, give it all to me. Whatever's bothering you, whatever's keeping up at night, he said, it's my job to go to work so you can go to sleep. Right? We've got to let the kingdom of God work for us. So he's saying it's reversed. In this kingdom, he said the government works for you. In religion, though, you work for the religion and you are not a citizen. That's why so much of so many people, so many quote unquote Christians try to work really hard to be on the good side of God. God's saying, I don't care how much money you give. I don't care how many days a week you work. I don't care how many hours of volunteer. No, no, no. He said, I just want you to let me work for you. Does that make sense? Uh I I wanted to be able to get to the part where I talk about the privileges and the rights, but I can't because it's getting too too late. Any questions or thoughts based on what I've said so far? And we'll we'll kind of try to wrap it there. Any thoughts? This is literally like laying a very small foundation, so I don't want you to be confused. I don't want you to leave here and think, Wait a minute, what is he saying? I want this to begin to open your your spirit to really, when you read the word of God, and when he says something like just what Jesus says, cast your cares on me, you're, you, you can go to bed tonight, you can pray, and you're just going to go to sleep. You're not going to worry about what bill needs paid, you're not going to worry about, you know... How you're gonna pay the heating bill? You're not gonna worry about the car getting repoed. You're not gonna worry about the, the the your my chart stuff popping up and what it has to say. Uh, whatever. I gave it to you. Go to work. We'll we'll get into more of it. We we used to <coughs> a lot of our churches like ours talk about how we have to ward in the spirit. 
how we're an army. That's the angel's job. Yeah. Do you know how many times I was taught over the years that we're the army of God? Mm. But you'll not find that anywhere in Scripture. Right? Listen, I'm just, I'm not telling you what, I'm not trying to tell you what we learned is wrong. It's revelation. Jesus, he said in his word that he sends angels to take charge. Guess what means? I, I, I don't have to labor and stress out and sweat bullets and, and try to do this all through intercessory prayer. All I do in prayer is say, Lord, I thank you that I send angels right now to work and intercede in, in, in the midst of this. And he sends angels to go to war. Not me. Why? Because his government works for me. You and I need to get that. Uh, in this country, we have the right to bear arms. I mean, you come up on me with a gun, I'm going to shoot you. Yeah. But in God's government, he said, you can pack at him. But he said, let me go to war. Mm-hmm. In other words, he's saying, I'll step in front of you. That changes. All it, it changes our dynamic when we can begin to understand. Let him go to work. Stop trying to go to work and, and do it on your behalf. Right? It changes the dynamic. Even when I said Sunday, there are people who say, give this amount and God will give you. Stop that yeah. stuff. That's that same mentality. If you do this, God will do this. No. I can have it because I'm a citizen of the kingdom. Doesn't mean I shouldn't give. Yes, he says bring his tithes into the house. Yes, he says do these things. But it's mine. There are certain rights I have, whether I give my 10% or not. There are other things God says I can have. Do you know I can be healed and not give? Right. 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 I can be whole and not give. I can have a happy marriage and not give, right? Because I'm a citizen of the kingdom. Right. Are you going to say something? Well, yeah. This also brings in light what he said about Psalm 47, 4, that we are the inheritance of Jacob whom we yeah. love. Yeah. Because I, I always ponder on that scripture because you look at Jacob, Jacob's life, and so then you say, you're the inheritance of Jacob whom I love. Yeah. So that, goes, that, that builds mm-hmm. more yeah. into that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's one of the scriptures I believe I'm going to use already, but that's good. I was just thinking, here I come in here and I was kind of stressing out over my sugar uh-huh. and everything. Why am I stressing out over that? You know, I don't have to. No. You got to do your part. Don't get me wrong. We have a responsibility. You got to eat right. You got to do. You know, God gives us. You know, wisdom. Right. So we do our part. But when I've done, when I'm doing my part, then how I receive it is as a citizen. I've done my part. I've, I've been responsible. I'm having and maintaining wisdom. Now, God, you do yours. Go to work. You know, when I pray, uh, I try to uh, teach prayer enough that when I pray. I employ angels. When you and I pray, you're sending angels to go to work. See, the unemployment rate drops in heaven because I send angels to work. 